Hey there, freedom lovers. Kurt Mercadante here. This is the Freedom Media Network, and it's time for another Freedom Friday episode. Every Friday, I share a solo episode with content designed to help you dissolve the limiting beliefs, the crap, the programming, the tension, the anxiety, whatever it is that is keeping you from living your life of joy, fulfillment, and freedom. And if you don't believe that you can, that you deserve such a life, then guess what? We've already identified your first limiting belief. And we are going to talk about beliefs in today's episode. But first, if you are a first-time listener, this is going to be the first time you've heard me say this. If you're a return visitor, it certainly will not be the first time, but it might be the first time you actually take out your smartphone, your cell phone, whatever, and take action. That's because I have something free for you. Take out your smartphone right now and text the keyword free man, F-R-E-E-M-A-N to the number 55678. What's going to happen is I'm going to send you a text in return. You click on the link in that text and you get access to my free Freedom Lifestyle audio course. Now, it's based on my book, Five Pillars of the Freedom Lifestyle, five pillars, five actionable steps you can begin taking today to live your life of joy, fulfillment, and freedom. Unleash your superpowers. Define your life vision. Create your life of alignment, not balance, but alignment. Reverse engineer all of it to define your yearly, your monthly, your weekly, your daily outcomes and do it all in a state of flow. That is your life of joy, fulfillment, and freedom. It is free and all you need to do is text FREEMAN to 55678. You'll get that link. You sign up. You'll start getting the modules in your email inbox. You click on them. You listen to the modules. They're audio modules. So I know you know how to listen to a podcast. You can listen to those modules just like you listen to this podcast. And it's all free. All you got to do is text FREEMAN to 55678. And by the way, speaking of free, this podcast is free. Every Monday, we bring you an incredible guest. We have the Freedom Friday episodes as well. It's all free, but I ask you if you could pay me back very simply by leaving a positive rating and review. If you get positive benefit from this podcast and you want to help us out, but you also want to send a signal to others who need the content we provide on a regular basis that this is a podcast worth listening to, your reviews help us do just that. So if you could just take a few moments, give us five stars or whatever it is, wherever you listen to this podcast, that would be great. Don't do it for me. Do it for others who need and want the same value and impact you're getting from this podcast. Help them out. Leave a positive rating and review. Now, as I mentioned, today's episode is about beliefs. Beliefs is something we talk about all the time on this podcast, but today we're going to talk about something I call the belief effect. And so what is the belief effect? Well, let's start with what I believe is one of the most harmful pieces of societal programming. And that's this belief, this programming that we each are prisoners of our own genes. Now, this piece of programming, it's an insidious mind virus, to quote Randy Gage, who's featured on uh, our most recent episode. It's a mind virus that can affect every facet of your life, your health, your career, your business, and your relationships. What are some examples of how this manifests in our lives? Something like, you're genetically predisposed to be fat. You don't have the, quote, entrepreneur gene. You're genetically predisposed to have heart disease. 
or maybe someone's told you or someone in your family, you have the quote cancer gene or you're genetically predisposed to whatever it is. You see, a belief in genetic determinism is a prime way to get trapped in a state of victimhood. But it's a wonderful way for businesses and politicians to profit from your victimhood, whether it's a drug, a book, a proposed law, a course, a type of food, whatever it is. Genetic determinism, of course, flies in the face of what we now know about something called genetic expression, which is the fact that in the words of Dr. Bruce Lipton, author of the great book Biology of Belief, he writes, it's the environment, stupid. In other words, what he means by that is our actual biology is influenced as much, if not more, by environmental stressors, what we eat, where we live, what we feed our minds, than by any sort of genetic determinism. This very notion, however, might be scary to you if it challenges your underlying beliefs. It'll certainly upset you if you're someone who directly profits off people's belief in genetic determinism. The fact remains, though, your behaviors influence your biology and your entire being, and those behaviors are influenced by your thoughts. What's the root of those thoughts? Your beliefs. Your beliefs fuel your thoughts, which fuel your actions, which fuel your results. And contrary to what you might think, your beliefs are not the same as your thoughts. For example, thinking about God all day is not the same as truly believing in God. Repeating positive thoughts and mantras about money all day is not the same thing as believing in your prosperity. And hell, even listening to this very podcast and the harmful belief of ge genetic determinism is not the same thing as believing in genetic expression. Here's the bottom line. If you want to change any facet of your life, you first have to change your actions. If you want to change your actions, you first have to change your thoughts. And if you want to truly change your thoughts, you have to first change your beliefs. Over the course of the past five months or so on this very podcast, I've shared a number of ways that I can help you identify the limiting beliefs that are at the root of the thoughts and actions producing the results you don't want in your life. In today's episode, I'm going to share some stories that specifically this show, show the power of what I call the belief effect to change your life. Now, here's the first story. In 1979, Harvard University researcher Ellen Langer conducted a study to see how the mind could impact age. There was a control group of elderly men, and there was an experimental group of elderly men. In each group, there were men who were stooped over. Some had canes. They were all put in a monastery in New Hampshire for a week. The experimental group, they stayed in quarters in which everything was made to be exactly like 1959, only 1959. I mean, the TV shows, the music, the magazines, it was as if they were in 1959. Their clothing, they didn't even have mirrors to see their current cells. It basically was 1959. But the other group, the control group, they simply reminisced about 1959, but lived in the current time. What were the results? Well, Business Insider reports that both groups showed improvements in physical strength, manual dexterity, gait, posture, perception, memory, cognition, taste, sensitivity, hearing, and vision. But that's not enough. Yeah, that shows the power of belief to affect, quote-unquote, age. However, the improvements were much more significant in the group that was told to live as it were actually 1959. You see, with that group, by the end of the week, 63% of the men in the 1959 group had better intelligence scores to, compared to only 44% in the control group. 
four independent volunteers who knew nothing about the study looked at before and after photos of that 1959 experimental group and perceived those in the after photos as an average of two years younger than the people in the other group. On the last day of the study, Langer wrote that men who, quote, seemed so frail just days before ended up playing an impromptu touch football game on the front lawn. These were men, some of whom had canes and walkers and were stooped over by believing they actually lived and were that age of 1959 and actually affect their age. You see, the fountain of youth was in their minds. They believed they were living in a former time in their bodies, their entire sense of being followed. So here's another story. Does merely learning of one's genetic predisposition to a disease or illness actually make that person more likely to exhibit symptoms of that disease or illness? That's exactly what Stanford researchers wanted to find out in a 2018 study, the results of which were published in December 10th, 2019 issue of Nature Human Behavior. Here's how the study worked. Participants in the study were separated into two groups. All participants were tested for two genes, one gene associated with higher risk of becoming obese, the other gene with higher risk of performing badly in physical exercise. The participants ate a meal after which each participant was asked how full he or she felt. Each participant's blood also was tested for levels of leptin. That's the hormone associated with feeling full after a meal. The results of this first phase showed that feeling of fullness and leptin levels were about the same for people genetically prone to obesity as those who weren't. Then the researchers moved on to phase two. The next week, all the same participants returned and ate the same meal, but this time, Half the participants were told that they had the gene that protects some from risk of obesity, while half were told they had the higher risk version of the gene. The results were clear. Quote, simply by being told they had the protective genes, a gene, subjects showed a blood level of leptin two and a half times higher than before, simply from believing they had the gene. What about the participants who were told they didn't have the protective gene? They didn't change at all from the early results. In other words, simply being told about one's genetic risk can cause a person to exhibit the physiology associated with that risk. The researchers wrote, quote, what they believe to be true override their actual genetic predisposition, because in some cases, the people who thought they were genetically protected or vice versa actually weren't, end quote. Belief overrode genetic predisposition, showing that you do actually become what you believe. But that's not all. Here's another story. In 2007, Harvard researcher Ellen Langer, who we talked about earlier, and Alicia J. Klum, also at Harvard, conducted a study to determine the relationship between exercise health and one's beliefs. The participants in the study were 84 female room attendants who worked at seven different hotels. These participants were separated into two groups. There was a control group and an informed group. Now, these female room attendants, you might call them hotel cleaning ladies, right? The participants in the informed group were told that the work they did, which was cleaning hotel rooms, is, quote, good exercise and satisfies the Surgeon General's recommendations for an active lifestyle, end quote. Participants in the control group, they weren't given that information. Both groups participated in the same or similar levels of activity, which was cleaning the room. What were the results? Although actual behavior did not change, Four weeks after the intervention, 
the informed group perceived themselves to be getting significantly more exercise than before. It's not just about perception, though. As a result, compared with the control group, they showed a decrease in weight, blood pressure, body fat, waist-to-hip ratio, and body mass index. These results support the hypothesis that exercise affects health in part or in whole via, via the placebo effect. Now, what's the placebo effect? Well, I like to call it the belief effect. As Dr. Bruce Lipton, again, he wrote The Biology of Belief, he says the belief effect shows how, quote, the mind's energy directly influences how the physical brain controls the body's physiology, end quote. So while this study shows how the belief effect can work to make positive physio physiological, phys hello, physiological changes, it can also have more negative repercussions, like in the example of Sam Lund. Now, and I, by the way, I might be mispronouncing. His last name is spelled L-O-N-D-E. I'm just going to call him Sam from now on. Sam was told by doctors he had cancer. So what did he do? Sam believed it. As such, Sam suffered and died only for his autopsy to show that he actually had no cancer. The Seattle Times reports, quote, in 1974, Dr. Clifton Metter, a national physician, treated Sam for cancer of the esophagus, which was back then considered fatal. Sam died a few weeks later, but an autopsy revealed that his esophagus was fine, end quote. This is an example of the belief effect exhibiting what is known as the nocebo effect. She, see, we talked about the placebo effect earlier. This is the nocebo effect. As Dr. Giulio Licinio, chairman of the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences at the University of Miami, told the Seattle Times, quote, people get worse because they believe they'll get worse, end quote. That's the nocebo effect. It's the opposite kind of the placebo effect. Both exhibit the belief effect. You see, Sam didn't die of cancer. He died of his beliefs. Those beliefs weren't based on fact, but rather the opinion of someone he trusted. That someone, his doctor, told Discovery Health Channel years later, quote, Sam died with cancer, but not from cancer. I thought he had cancer. He thought he had cancer. Everyone around him thought he had cancer, end quote. Those beliefs that he had cancer killed Sam. Now, this isn't to blame the doctor, but it is a cautionary tale that the things you say, especially when you're in a position of authority, people believe it. Those beliefs are hardened based on your opinion. So watch what you say to yourself and others. The thoughts of which Dr. Metter spoke were based on the belief that Sam had cancer, and those beliefs and thoughts resulted in emotions which produced the ultimate result of Sam's death. The belief effect is strong enough to improve health, but it's also strong enough to take a life. Now, while this podcast episode contains just three stories of the power of belief to positively or negatively impact your physiology, there are countless more I could have shared here today that show the same principle. You become your beliefs. Additional stories I have include the power of the belief effect to improve muscle growth without any strength training, to increase piano playing skills without touching a piano, improving basketball free throw skills without holding or shooting a basketball, now think about the belief effect and how it's impacting your life. How are your beliefs allowing or blocking your joy? How are they allowing or blocking your creation of prosperity? How are they allowing or blocking your health, your relationships, your fulfillment? Whatever it is you want to create or attract in your life, know that you can change your beliefs to make it happen. The first step is identifying these beliefs. The next step is clearing and cleaning them. And make no mistake, dissolving long-held beliefs takes work, but it can be done.
You can replace your limiting beliefs with empowering beliefs. And in doing so, you will become those empowering beliefs. And as the stories and studies in this podcast episode show, your life might just depend on it. This is the Freedom Media Network. My name is Kurt Mercadante, and I help driven men free themselves from the limiting beliefs and stress that block their joy, fulfillment, and freedom. If you are one of those men and you want to start dissolving all that crap so you can live the life you actually want, again, text the word FREEMAN, F-R-E-E-M-A-N, to the number 55678. I want to thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll come back for Monday's episode. And you'll also tell your friends, your family, your colleagues about this show. And please, don't hesitate to leave us a positive rating and review. If you get impact from this show, it helps others discover us and get that positive impact as well. Have an abundant and prosperous and joyful rest of your day.